Good morning, everyone. Today's reading, today's reading is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 to 15, and it can be found on page 687 or um, 787 in this Bible. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great, this is working. Thank you, Rodna, for reading. Let me try and move this again. And uh, yeah, it's good to see you. If you don't know me, if you're a visitor, my name is Niels. I'm also part of the staff team here. And uh, yeah, I'll be bringing us God's word uh, for which we need to pray. So let's pray together. Our Father, thank you uh, that yeah, you are our Father. We have a relationship with you. We can come to you. Please speak to us. Uh, that we may learn more about speaking to you and uh, yeah, warm our hearts with who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. Yeah, prayer. Jesus' teaching on prayer from the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I guess prayer is such a basic thing. Every religion in the world, they, they pray. I mean, prayer is talking. People like to talk. We saw it just now during the, uh, during the peace. And yet prayer is something maybe that uh, yeah, we can struggle with. If you ask Christians, what is, uh, you know, how is your spiritual life going? It's often prayer that people feel it's not as good as it should be. Maybe uh, what you pray, uh, you're not really sure about what you should pray. Uh, how should we pray? Uh, you're not really motivated to pray. It can be all kinds of things that kind of get in the way. Is that okay? Um, which is great. It's quite so great that we have Jesus' teaching on prayer. Right? This is right at the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus tells us about, well, the heart of our Christian life, prayer, uh, which I guess is something different from what we usually think about with the Lord's Prayer. I mean, the Lord's Prayer, I guess we all say it. If you're in a country where you go to church for every wedding and funeral, you'll be so used to saying it. Maybe... You're, you're here, you're not a Christian, but you've probably said the Lord's Prayer a few times. It can feel very formal and liturgical. In fact, that's really not what it's about. If Jesus wants to teach us about prayer, and it's not about what you pray, it's not about how you pray. The key, to, according to Jesus, is who you pray to. Who you pray to. When you get that, uh, then you understand prayer. And so that is... Uh, yeah, the first place where I want to go. This big surprise. And that is, pray to your Father. 
pray to your Father. That is what Jesus says, right? When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven. Our Father. And that is revolutionary, right? Uh, God is our Father. I mean, all of us, we, we know fathers. Not a single person here exists without having had a father. Uh, many of us have had good fathers. Others of us, maybe, okay, your father has left you. Your father wasn't very good. But the, that hurts, and that shows that you have some idea what a good father is about. And God says we can address him as our father. It speaks of relationship. It speaks of uh, family. It speaks of intimacy, right? Uh, a father. I mean, I don't know, other religions, maybe God is more like a force everywhere. You, you don't talk to a force, right? Uh, you don't talk to uh, a God who is so far above you that he, uh, you're just like a, a bacteria. He, he, can just, he just ignores you. No, God is your father, which means he, he loves you, he cares for you. That's the kind of idea we should get with a, a father. Yeah? Of course, God is far above us. He is almighty and infinite and all those things, but he is also our father. He is both. And I think that's the point, because that is exactly the opposite of what the, the pagans do. And you go to verse 7, just before this. And when you pray, uh, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven. He says, you know, pagans don't be like them because they, they feel they need to do something to be heard, right? They think they will be heard because of their many words. Uh, they, they don't think they can just come to God. I need to do something. I need to say lots of words because pagan gods, they don't, they don't care, right? They don't exist as well, but those kind of gods, they don't care about you. They have their own life. And you need to kind of, you need to impress them. You need to do things. You need to earn their answer to prayer. It's not a relationship, it's business. I go to the shop and I want a new computer. I can't just ask for it. I need to pay enough money, right? But that is not a relationship. Uh, I don't know, what can you imagine? Uh, like... Uh, yeah, the prophets of Baal in the Old Testament going around the altar. Oh, Baal, answer us. You know, they just keep on going. And maybe let's cut some blood because then maybe God will listen. Baal will listen. They have to get a hearing. Uh, think of a funding thermometer, you know. Uh, I need to reach enough and then the gods will do something. Uh, I want exam results. What can I sacrifice that the gods will do this for me? It, it's not a relationship. And Jesus says, you don't need that. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. He, he knows you. He cares for you. He knows what you need. He loves you. Why having to earn? You can just come to him. I don't know if you've seen my kids. They just run to me, daddy. That is what Jesus says you can do. You don't need to earn an answer to prayer, which is wonderful. I mean, I don't know how we Christians do that sometimes. Do you feel that God will only listen to you if you 
say the right words, and otherwise he won't. Uh, only certain language, certain phrases. Do you feel you need to, well, if I pray less than 10 minutes, God won't listen to me? Uh, or, I don't know, maybe I, I can't pray without having read my Bible first. I first need to do something, and then God will. No, no, he's your father. Run to him, which is wonderful and, and liberating, right? And so, yeah, you, you can just come shortly, simply. Of course, you may wonder, um, keep on going, and Jesus says you don't need to keep on coming. How about being persistent in prayer? Because maybe some of you, you, you have maybe a family member, they're not a Christian, and every day you pray uh, for that person. Is Jesus saying, don't do that, because you know, God already knows it, you're, you're like a pagan. Um, just to say that the Sermon on the Mount is very black and white. Jesus just gives two, two views, and, and you know, third options, uh, he doesn't mention that. In other places, Jesus does say, keep on going, don't give up. Jesus could pray all night himself. In Gethsemane, three times he prayed the same prayer. And you can do that. But the question is, uh, what is your heart? And the thing is, God is your loving Father. And this, this is something you care about. So you come to him every day because you care about this. And you know he's a loving father. So you, you come to him. And then, yeah, that, that, that's wonderful. And he loves that. I think the f problem is if you think you need to do this basically to get an answer to prayer. That God is not willing. He's not going to listen to you until you've prayed this a hundred times or something like that. That's not true. That is a magic God, kind of, you need to earn an answer. No, God, God loves you. He cares. He knows your heart. And if you come like that to him, that is, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's fine. That's not what Jesus is condemning. But yeah, he's your father. Come to him. He loves you. He cares for you. You can always come to him. That is the idea here. Of course, uh, maybe you wonder, why doesn't God answer my prayer if he knows it and he loves me? Well, God is bigger than us. He's wiser than us. His plans are greater than us, and we need to trust him. But it's not because he doesn't care. He loves, he cares. And so come to him as often and as much as you want. But of course, uh, Jesus does want us to think about what we should pray. Right? You can pray for anything. Plenty of places in the Bible say, you know, pray for anything. At the same time, Jesus wants us to grow in our prayer. And so he tells us, yeah, this, uh, this prayer here, the Lord's Prayer. Now, it's noticed that Jesus says in verse 9, this then is how you should pray. It's not what you should pray. Jesus isn't saying, repeat this. He is saying, here is a, an example. Here is a model like some headlines that you can use. I think uh, that it's important to see, because maybe you wonder, how about that, uh, that bit that we say? Uh, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We didn't have that in the reading. Why do we say that? Um, bit of an explanation. Uh, the oldest copies of Matthew's Gospel that we have, it doesn't include that. But then later copies do. So people think it wasn't original. 
But at the same time, we have you know, Christian teaching manuals from less than 100 years after Jesus, and they include it. So people kind of started saying that afterwards at the end. Uh, yeah, for, you know, they've been saying that for 1900 years, very quickly after Jesus. I think Jesus meant this as a model, but people loved this prayer so much, they started kind of saying it liturgically, saying it in services, and then it needed a bit of an ending. And uh, actually, the, that ending comes from 1 Chronicles 29. It's biblical language. They put it there to help them say it in church. But this is a model, and that's why it's not here now. But, uh, but let's look at this model then. What does Jesus want us to pray for? And there are six requests in two groups. Let's talk about uh, the first group, and that is, well, God's glory. And you will notice the prayer doesn't start with us. It starts with God's, your name, your kingdom, your will. In a way, that's, that's polite. Yeah? You start to talk to someone, you don't just start talking about yourself, right? <laughs> that's not a relationship. But there is something right about that, right? Because, after all, your father is the creator. He's the ruler of the universe. He came first. And so to, sense, yeah, to pray first for the things about him makes a lot of sense. And yeah, he is, that's just reality, that God is God. He came before everything. He rules everything. Uh, let's first talk about his concerns. And I think the big thing here, all these three, I'll take them together, they are about his plan for the world. God's plan for the world. After all, what is God doing in the world? Well, let's take that first one. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed is uh, yeah, to be holy or to be treated as holy. May people treat you as holy. May people treat you as, as special, as set apart. Because the thing is, you look at the world, that's not what's happening. Most people just live their life. They ignore God. They pretend he doesn't exist. They worship other gods. The world is not what it should be. And, but God's plan is to restore his name, that the world knows again who he is. Uh, your kingdom come, that the world would again recognize him as the king. Uh, your will be done, that everything would be his way. Right now, it's not his way, and it's a big mess. Actually, God's plan is to make everything his way again. It's, it's the gospel, God restoring the world. Which means, in a way... When you pray this, you're praying for the end of the world. I don't know if you ever thought about that. People who say this mindlessly at a wedding, you're praying for the end of the world. I mean, when will God's will be done on earth as in heaven? Isn't that when Jesus comes back and gets rid of all sin and makes everything new? You're praying for God to do that. Although that's not a bad thing, though. Maybe you think at the end of the world... <laughs> You know, think of the Sermon on the Mount. What if all of Hong Kong lived according to the Sermon on the Mount? Can you imagine everyone caring for the poor? Everyone loving their enemies? No hatred, no lust. Wouldn't it be such a wonderful place to live? Imagine the whole world living like that. Wouldn't it be wonderful? When everything is God's way, no more sin, no more pain, 
This is a wonderful thing to pray for. But of course, it's not just the end. It's also something happening now, right? When you became a Christian, if you're a Christian, that is when this prayer was answered, partly. Right? Because you didn't know God, you didn't live his way, but then you came to Jesus as your king, and you started to live according to God's will. Right? When you became a Christian, this prayer got partly answered. And so, as the gospel goes out, this is still happening. Right? You look here in church, people become Christians, people join the kingdom of God, uh, they start treating God as special, they live as salt and light, which means that people see their good deeds and praise uh, our Heavenly Father. And this prayer is being answered now in, in, in God's plan for the world, in the gospel. Not just at the end, even now. And that is what you're praying for when you pray this, which is a good thing. Now, what does this mean practically? Okay, you're going to pray tomorrow. What should you do? I think certainly it challenges us. And are these our concerns? I guess often we, uh, we look at our life, everything that's wrong, and we have this big shopping list that we kind of, you know, God, please, I need help with this and this and this and this and this. Actually, God wants us to look at the world differently with him at the center. And, uh, take all our concerns and actually first focus on who he is and what he is doing. But actually, that can be very practical. I mean, take your workplace. Yes, you can pray, say, just say these words. But how about praying these things for your workplace? Now you think about your office, if you work there. What would it look like for God's name to be hallowed here? What should I pray for? What would it look like for God's kingdom to come here? For God's will to be done right here in my office? That's very practical, isn't it? You can just think, okay, well, that means that you know, I, I shouldn't, it's nice to have a big bonus, but actually I should pray maybe for the person on the desk opposite me to come to know Jesus. That is when the kingdom comes, right? Uh, I should pray for myself, for my integrity, for my love for others, so that I'm doing God's will. Maybe as our business, that we would change direction. Uh, those kind of things. You know, this prayer helps us what should we pray for all those concerns? Maybe your child, you have a bad relationship. What should I pray? Think, okay, God's will, God's kingdom, God's name. What can I pray? A, try that. I've been trying that this week. It's, a, it's really helpful to make you think. Although, don't mishear me. I'm not saying prayer should become again a performance where you need to think hard enough to pray the right things, you know? You're still coming to your Father. Uh, Jesus is just, he's the perfect prayer. And he's prayed perfectly for you. You have that. Uh, you just come to him, you know. Uh, you just come to your Father. And sometimes that means just running and crying, Daddy, I need help. And sometimes that means being more thoughtful and, and growing. But don't, don't mishear me. It's not a performance. But yeah, that is the first half. But then the second half, and I think the thing there is, yeah, our needs. 
our needs. The second half then goes to us, right? We, us, our. We pray for our needs, uh, provision of our daily needs, pardon, protection. Let's look at that first one. Give us today our daily bread. Yeah? Daily bread. It speaks of our, our basic needs that we, that we have. Bread, uh, water, food. I guess if Jesus was in Hong Kong, he'd say rice. Our daily rice, maybe. But, uh, yeah, daily provision. Because for them, that was very real. I mean, we have fridges. They didn't. They couldn't keep food for a long time. Uh, we get paid by the month, and we have a contract. Back then, a lot of people, you're a day laborer. You get paid every day, and every day you're hoping someone will hire you. If some, no one hires you, where is your bread going to come from? So to actually be able to pray every day, you know, God, please provide for me, and, and see him answer, is a wonderful thing. The only thing is, we, we, we don't see that, because this is 21st century Hong Kong. Right? We have fridges and freezers that are full. We don't even... Uh, these days, I, I hardly see money. You know, uh, your octopus gets automatically topped up. Right? Uh, your salary goes automatically in your bank account. You just don't notice that you actually need money to buy things. Maybe some of you, you don't even buy things. Other people buy your food. <laughs> And so we, we have that, and we don't really see God gives us everything. Because the truth is, God gives us every breath. God gives us all our food, our water. Everything we have is a gift from Him. We, we are completely dependent. When I became a ministry associate 12 years ago, people said, oh, wow, now you know, uh, you're going to really depend on God. That's in some way true, because we had to ask people who support us, like army. But, you know, when I was at London Underground, I also depended on God. He gave me a job. He gave me the skills. He made sure I wasn't, didn't get fired. I was completely dependent on God. Whether you're a millionaire or a beggar, you are completely dependent on God. And the thing is, Jesus wants us to, to realize that. I know, here's a good test. Next time you get your salary slip. So how, how do you respond when you get your salary slip? Well, most of us, we just stuff it in our bag directly. We, we don't even look at it, right? We think it's automatic. Or maybe you think, well done me. Ah, I've worked hard for this. Do you give thanks? Do you see that this is God giving you food for another month? Because that is, that's what it is. God is providing for you. And if we don't see that, we'll be ungrateful. Or when our automatic life is threatened, we'll be anxious. And Jesus says, no, you have a father. He cares for you. He provides for you. And I want you to see that. And so you pray this prayer every day. Every day you, you ask for the basic necessities and, and you see that. And suddenly you see how much your father cares for you. It teaches you who God is. He's your father. He cares. He loves. He provides. And then your, your worries are suddenly a lot less because you can see your father provide for you. That's what Jesus wants. And that you really know him. And, and it's not just that. 
other needs as well. So, um, yeah, uh, this, the second and third. Yeah, second, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And yeah, it is about forgiveness of sins. We know from verses 14 and 15, where it talks about sin, we know Jesus is talking about sin. Why does he say debts? I guess debts are more serious, right? You think sin and you think, well, doesn't matter. A debt matters. When you've sinned, there's a debt. You have done something wrong. It needs to be paid. You can't pay it. That's the thing about sin. But the wonderful thing is you have a forgiving father, right? This prayer teaches, Jesus says, pray for forgiveness every day. Certainly, as a Christian, we know how important forgiveness is. It's why we confess our sins, Um, not just pardon. You may wonder, actually, um, as we also have forgiven our debtors. I think I talked about that a few weeks ago. You know, this is something real. It's a relationship. You know, if I love my forgiveness from God, but I can't forgive others, I don't forgive others, I've missed something. And so Jesus wants... Look, this is a family thing. It's not just you and God. It's also you and others. It needs to be together. But not just pardon, uh, protection, that last one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Uh, This is about the dangers we face. There's uh, Satan trying to get us. Uh, There's our sin, which leads us astray. We're in constant danger of not not making it to the end. And so Jesus encourages us to pray for that, to come to our Father with, you know, uh, that need that, okay, Lord, I need you. I need you to protect me. Uh, I need you to keep me from temptation that I can't handle. Uh, I need you to keep Satan away so that I I won't walk away from you. Again, that's a great need. But with both of these again, it's so encouraging. And I mean, it's not just, I mean, partly it's a challenge. Uh, Jesus really thinks sin matters. Jesus mentions three things, and out of those three, two of them are about sin. Jesus thinks sin is serious, which is why he wants us to pray about it. And maybe, you know, some of us, we hardly ever pray about our sin because maybe we think it doesn't matter. It does matter. But the wonderful thing is, We can pray about it. You can come to your Father for forgiveness every day. That is what Jesus says, your Father. He's a Father of grace, a Father of mercy, who you can come to every day and be forgiven. Here is a Father who is on your side. You can come to Him for protection. He doesn't just expect you to do it all yourself. He is there to help you. These things teach us that we can come to God, that he, He's our loving Father. I mean, we know we need forgiveness. And we've studied the Sermon on the Mount, and it's very demanding. We know we haven't treated our enemies very well. We know last week that maybe we've tried to please other people. None of us would say we are perfect. Isn't it so wonderful that at the heart of the sermon, Jesus says, you know, come to God and be forgiven. Right? We need that. 
I mean, if you're here as a visitor, um, who's going to forgive you? Maybe you have regrets. You know you've done things wrong. Who's going to forgive you? About 30 years ago, there was an interview on TV with a famous secular humanist. Uh, I'd never heard of her, but it was 30 years ago. Anyway, she was asked about Christians, and she said she envies Christians. She's jealous because we have forgiveness. And she said, I have no one to forgive me. Isn't that sad? You have this guilt, and there is no one to forgive you. Jesus wants to tell us, you have, there's a father, and he loves to forgive you. He loves to protect you. And you can come to him for that. Uh, again, this is about who God is. These prayers help us realize what a God of grace and mercy we have. Uh, so, again, I hope this really encourages you. I mean, if you're here and you're not a visitor, I hope you want that. I hope you feel, yeah, I need such a father. Uh, I've run away. I'm on my own. Well, Jesus is welcoming you back in the family. Come to him, trust in him, and he will bring you to his father, and he can be your father. But for the rest of us, I, I hope you want to pray. Uh, it's not just what to pray. It's not just how to pray. I hope you see your father. Uh, he cares. He rules the universe, which is why we pray about that. But he provides. He forgives. He protects. And just knowing that is such a comfort. And if we pray this every day, if we take this prayer and try to make it our own, look at our life and pray in light of this prayer, yeah, it will change our view of him. And it will be so good for our lives. That is what he wants. So yeah, let's, let's do that. All right? So what we're going to do, we're going to be silent for a bit, and then we're going to uh, pray the Lord's Prayer together. So let's reflect for a moment, and then let's pray this together. Let's pray this prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.